Hello, hello. Uh, good morning, everyone. We're here again at uh, La Abuelita con Opiniones at Fishbowl Radio Network. And we want to say hello to our guests that we have today. Uh, Roberto Alonso, uh, former state representative of Texas. And he's been awesome to accept our invitation today and everything. And we want to welcome him. In and he'll give you a little background of everything that he's done in his um, time serving the state representative's office. Go ahead, Alonso. Uh, first of all, Consuelo, thank you for the invite. Um, yeah, I'll show you uh, some of my uh, things I've done. And I share them because <clears throat> in 96, I lost an election. And one of the things I was that was said that I didn't do anything because we were brought up, you're not supposed to show off because people should know what you do, but in reality, people don't know to you, to you let them know. So if it's a personal relationship, you can't, but in this business, you gotta show up. So let me show up. So one, uh, as a state representative, I created a Center for Mexican American Studies at UT Arlington. Since uh, 95, that center has received 200, approximately $250,000 a year. As a state representative, I created a bilingual education scholarship uh, in the North Texas University. It started off with 150000 a year, uh, and now it's, it's, the total's been about $18 million. Wow. I was visiting with a senator this weekend uh, where, and I was telling one of the things we worked together, the state employees, uh, parole officers asked me to increase their wages by $60 million, mm -hmm. uh, about 10 years ago. And I, I was able to get it approved, and since then they've gotten about six hundred million dollars. Wow. Uh, another issue that's very personal and dear to my heart is the food bank. So about ten years ago, as well, I, I did an amendment uh, to probation. When you get probation, you're supposed to do community service, uh, and uh, I made a change where the judge, if he wants to, can have the defendants donate to the food bank. Since then, it's been about $600 million. Wow. So i you know, done a lot of stuff with millions. And one of the other ones I'll tell you is uh, the folks that get lawyers at the jail, court-appointed <laughs> lawyers. In, in about 2011, uh, I was part of a group, a commission, state commission. It's called the Texas Indigent Commission. And we approved uh, to request from the legislature to go from $2 million a year to $25 million. Uh, so the uh, um, and we got it approved. So since calculate the numbers, what twenty five million times twelve? I don't know. It's you know millions and millions of dollars. And, and but the other thing I did was uh, add that they pay money for investigators. And in addition, since I'm I'm in the business of criminal defense attorneys, I know a big area is immigration. So I added that they also be able to hire uh, immigration lawyers to give advice. Uh, the other big thing, in my last six years, I was a vice chair of the pensions committee in the House. Uh, and my job in the committee was to monitor pensions. Uh, through the years, we added $7.5 to the state uh, employees' pension, another $7.5 uh, to the teachers' pension. So. I, I feel comfortable in talking that I've been a major part of not only millions, but billions and billions of dollars. That's and changing people's lives. Yes, ma'am. Yes. 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 Well, it's kind of like I see what you can do, and that's why I like politics. 
as an individual, as an attorney, I can help an individual client one by one. But as a politico, and uh, whether I'm in office or not, I'm able to navigate and make sure policy is implemented that does this good. And that's awesome. That's yes, ma'am. We need. And sometimes it's like you say, if we don't, sometimes they don't realize people, they don't realize what's going on behind the scenes and mm. who's actually moving mm-hmm. the, the needle trying to push uh, all these new things happening. Mm-hmm. And if you don't give yourself mm-hmm. that, that um, and let people know, then they're not going to know that you were in that committee or you were helping to move this and, uh, and they're unaware. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, like you say, politics, if you don't. Can you put this on the Facebook like you said you could? What's that? Can you put it on Facebook like you said you might be able to do it? I'm, go ahead, I'm but, sorry. Uh, if he, so he, uh, so that's what happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when new elections come and people mm-hmm. aren't aware of what you're doing and the changes, changes that you're doing, mm-hmm. then that's what happens. They forget who mm-hmm. you are, so you need to make sure that you let them know. You know, on immigration, I heard mm-hmm. something about two weeks ago that mm-hmm. Abbott had given permission for all, everyone, the officers and all that, to go ahead and arrest mm. people and send them back to mm-hmm. wherever. Is that true? Is that really no, happening? No, it, it, it is not true. Uh, and in, in fact, I got a call from a client regarding that. Mm-hmm. And, and she said, is it true that, you know, the police are going to pick me up and take me to, to Mexico? And the answer is no. The only ones responsible for immigration are federal police, the Border Patrol, period. Now, what he's trying to do is get DPS officers along the border. And I can tell you, I'm originally from Crystal City, which is near the border. There's tons and tons and tons of of DPS officers in there. In fact, as you saw yesterday, when they did the report on Ovalde, where people thought there was only like seven officers, there was 400, 400 officers there. And of those 400, I think close to 200 were DPS officers. One, it tells you they didn't do anything. The other part is there's a lot of people, a lot of DPS officers on the border. But their responsibility is only for state laws, not for federal laws. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like, you know, as far as immigration, it's not a state law. It's a federal law. So it's not true, but... uh, what, like anything, it might be the case that they do it. They're not supposed to be doing it. Uh, uh, so in the short answer, they're not supposed to. Okay. And but definitely it's not happening in the cities. It's not happening in, in Fort Worth, in Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, Houston, Corpus, uh, you know, aside you know, from the border. Okay, because I had people telling me that, and I wanted to make sure that they understand and they that this isn't happening the way that they were mm. given the in- information as to and and what you're saying is correct is, is getting back to showing off um and i'll give you the, one of the examples of as it relates to immigration uh first um w- i was in a memorial service for a, a person by the name of bob slago who had been the state chair of the democratic party you know for years and uh, I went and participated, and I mentioned the following. Uh, during this period, I was chairman of the Mexican Democrats of Texas, and I still am. And in 1994, California passed a law against immigrants. 
So our organization, the Mexican-American Democrats, proposed that the Democratic Party go put on its platform an issue on immigration that we support, you know, people and, and we're against bad immigration laws. Well, a lot of the people of the party did not want to do it because it was 1994 and they said they didn't want to mention immigration because they didn't want to embarrass uh, uh, Governor Ann Richards. And our organization said, wait a minute, it's not about embarrassment, it's right. about people getting their butts kicked. So anyway, he, uh, he, there was a fist fight, as a matter of fact, between the chair of the Democratic Party in Austin and one of our members because the, the chairman did not, un that chairman, the local one, did not understand that when Bob Stego saw that, he goes, I get it, this is very important to you. So he allowed it on the platform, and I got to speak uh, in front of 5,000 delegates why this issue was so important. Uh, in addition, it may, getting back to as a state representative, as a state representative, in 2003, I passed it on in the House of Representatives that undocumented workers could get a driver's license. Now, to pass the law, it got to pass the House and the Senate and signed by the governor. Mm -hmm. And I got it passed the, the House, but I couldn't get it done in the Senate. But by doing this work, I was told that in 2001, when I was not there, uh, there were two uh, immigration situations in, in the legislature. One was to give dreamers to pay in-state tuition, which means they wouldn't pay you know, like hundreds of thousands versus pay like any you know uh, resident of Texas. And there was a driver's license, and Governor Perry said, I'm, I'll sign the uh, the the dreamers bill but i won't sign the uh driver's license but personally my showing off example was passing the driver's license uh in um in the uh, uh house of representatives and before that in 1995 i kept people from introducing legislation that said to get a driver's license you had to have a driver uh, a social security card been very active, you know, on the dreamers part, the driver's license part. When we worked on this before, well, I spoke on, on that as well. On the driver's license part. Yes, ma'am. I look at it this way. I think that they should have a driver's license, and I'll tell you, because they're easier to locate in case something happened. Not just that. Mm. They will be able to carry liability mm. when they're on our streets and everything like that. Mm. So, and it was working out fine during that time but then since everything changes uh you know different mm. people going to office different changes like mm. that but that was very helpful to a lot of people well i can tell you so we'll let people know you do not have to have a driver's license to get insurance oh, period mm -hmm. it's 100 percent the law and plenty of insurance companies uh, sell insurance and it's better like you mentioned mm -hmm. and and we got to keep repeating it you know right, like we talked about i was bringing it up yes ma'am them to know all the tr all what's going on and what's reality and what is it you know because they hear all this different things so go ahead with no no wait, so that being said well Another way of looking at it, right now, right now, uh -huh. Texas does allow, I would say, 100,000 undocumented individuals a driver's license, even though they're not legal here in the United States. They're not citizens, and they're not permanent residents. So these 100,000 are already an example that if you give undocumented individuals the license, you, you know, it's not a problem. Thank you. It's not a problem. So, uh, do I turn it on or Let just me show you? Let me see. Oh, here you go. Yeah. So, and and by that I mean there's 100,000 dreamers. The dreamers do not 
are not a U.S. citizen. The Dreamers are not permanent residents. The Dreamers are what's called a suspension of deportation. So they give them a driver's license, they give them a social security card, and a work permit. Mm -hmm. So we already have 100,000 examples of how if you give an undocumented person a driver's license, it's going to be okay. Good. Which is what you're talking about. Right. And I think that's, that's really what should be happening. And I'm glad that we brought up the fact that they can get um, insurance. Right. Because it's very, very important for them and mm. for the people around them mm. that they're able to carry. Mm. Um, you know, uh, there's different issues that, that we go through every day and people ask you questions and, mm. and they hear all these horror stories and mm. this and that. And let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. um, do... Um, the undocumented workers mm -hmm. pay taxes? No, tons and billions and billions of dollars, okay. billions. And uh, do they pay them like uh, every one of us? Uh, you know, because sometimes you hear people say, well, they don't pay taxes, they don't pay this. But, you know, uh, in any company or anything, mm -hmm. these people actually get deducted for uh, working, don't they? Yeah, I mean, the... The reality is this. Yes, they pay taxes. Yes, they work. And um, I was talking to the husband of the mother of a kid that I'm representing. And he was talking about how people don't know, including him, mm -hmm. about people work. We all know they work. But part of what we got to do is repeat and repeat what the reality is. Because if it's a lie, the lie is true until the truth comes out. So that's what we got to keep on repeating it right. about the taxes about work you know like i was thought you know it could be an undocumented that committed a crime well u.s citizens commit crimes too mm -hmm. it's not whether you citizen or uh or not like the kid that uh -huh. killed the nine the 19 kids was right. a u.s citizen right so it's not whether u.s citizen or undocumented it's if you commit a crime as god says and i'm not preaching but god says if you do something you got to pay for what you did Right. And it doesn't matter whether you're a U.S. citizen or, or not. And that's what, you know, some people say, oh, right away when it's an undocumented worker mm. or person that does commit mm. the crime, they use that sometimes so politically, you know, and all of that. But then when you have all these other mass killings that, you know, the, the guy at the movie theater or just things like that, or this one in Uvalde or mm. the other one in Highland Park, and, mm. and they don't use those. They try to you know, lower them down and not mm. use them politically because it's not to their benefit. Mm. But on the gun thing, they keep saying that Beto is going to take their guns. You know, mm. I'm not voting for Beto because Beto's going to take take the guns because all the Democrats and everything else, you know. And I'm like, uh, I don't think he's going to go to your homes or anywhere and take away well, guns. Can you explain that? Sure. Uh, first, yeah. First of all, in general, uh, like you said, they use it for political reasons. And let me tell you, the bottom line is those that have a position on gun on one side are not going to change their position. Those that are the other side are not going to change their position. But then we come to politics. And as I was visiting with some uh, millennials, they said, uh, the government is taking away our rights. And I said, the government does take away your rights. You decide who takes away your rights. Right. What I mean by that, depending on who you put in office, is going to determine what the result's going to be. Mm -hmm. So if you want 
whatever right you're concerned about, if you want it to happen, you got to put people in office that will do that. And in re in uh, what happens if you don't participate, you're actually helping the person that's opposite to you. If you do not vote, you're helping the person that is opposite to you. So right now we're in the middle of political season, which is great. Uh, I just finished being at the Democratic Convention this weekend. As I mentioned earlier, I'm state chairman of the Mexican-American Democrats of Texas. We had a caucus of about 100 delegates. At our caucus at the Democratic Convention, we officially endorsed Beto uh, and, 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 uh, for governor. I mean, we had already voted for him. I voted for him. I support him. I talk positively. But as an organization, he had not asked for an endorsement. And we gave it to him, even though he didn't ask. Uh, so then we also had a Hispanic caucus where there was 300 delegates. Uh, at that convention, uh, uh, Gilberto Hinojosa, who's the current chairman, been for 10 years, uh, spoke. He was running for, uh, re at the convention, was running for re-election as chairman of the Democratic Party. Uh, uh, our organization and Mexican-American Democrats endorsed him uh, like six months ago. Uh, and there was a couple other Hispanic organizations they reported that one of them endorsed him like two days ago, whatever, four days ago. So at the caucus, he spoke, and I asked him, I think it would be good that the caucus endorses you. And I asked Gilberto, you know, Jose, who would you like to have you make the motion to endorse her? He goes, I would like for you to do it. So I got up, made the motion. There was a second. There was unanimous support from the Hispanic caucus. At that similar caucus as well, we... Um, had the presentation of Rochelle Garza, the only Chicana running statewide, the only Mexican-American running statewide, wow. the only Hispanic running statewide is Rochelle Garza. Our organization, you know, since many years, months ago, endorsed her, the Mexican-American Democrats. Uh, uh, she spoke, uh, and I asked the people running the meeting, it would be nice to have, you know, her be endorsed by the caucus. Uh, it was commented she was already the the, the nominee because she was nominated uh, statewide July 24th and I said well it is true but you know probably 90 percent in the audience had worked against her mm -hmm. so but now she's the nominee so it'd be good to give comfort and seriousness and we're all united because like I said if you don't show it like show off uh -huh. then what you don't show off is the truth so and we shouldn't be, as Hispanics, we shouldn't be separated by, you know, once someone gets there as a nominee, and we mm. shouldn't just... Uh, well, I'll visit with you on that separation in a minute. I apologize okay. to interrupt, no, and, no, and I have fine. a practice of apologizing. No, no, that's fine. I do, too. Well, I guess <laughs> no. we were raised like that every Yeah, no, no, I'll tell you I'm in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> which is good. Well, yes, you know, we need to bring that back to our to the community and to the children growing up right now, so... They need to learn to ask ask those questions or say excuse me. But do you so, oh, no, yeah, I was, do you have a pen handy? Do you have I a pen? I have, I'm sure you do over here. Oh, okay. okay. And can I get a water too, please? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll take it. If you have a bottle of water. If not, I'll take a cup. I don't think we have a bottle okay. of water. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'll take yeah. So, no, what I was going to say, uh, so I made the motion, it was second, and uh, she was about to leave, and I told her, could you wait for a minute, because this was very important. 
she had gone through her campaign and noticed that a lot of people had worked against her campaign, but the campaign's over, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, so she stayed, the motion was made, there was second, so unanimously, happily, the whole 300 delegates supported her, and she stayed around, because she saw that there was a very emotional, personal support, because they were all Chicanos in the audience, and there had been different candidates. She had not had support, but now they were, this was a way of, thank you very much, this was a way of showing that she was supported and she stayed around another hour and took pictures. It, it was a very, very positive feeling. That's awesome. That's great. So real quick, uh, getting back to Gilberto. So in the last couple of days, uh, you know, Friday and Saturday when the convention was going on, there was three candidates, uh, Gilberto Hinojosa, uh, Kim Olson, and Carol Robinson. Uh, Carol Robinson is, is uh, you know, kind of like, uh, me, R.I., he is the chairman of the Black Coalition of Democrats, the organization of the African Americans in the Democratic Party. So he ran uh, uh, in the first vote, uh, it, uh, I think Gilberto got 40 and Carol, uh, uh, Kim Olson got 34 and Carol Robinson got 18%. So there was another vote and in the runoff, Carol Robinson endorsed Gilberto, so Gilberto got 58% of the vote, so he was uh, re-elected. So it showed how uh, Hispanics can work together with African Americans because I'll tell you this, which is part of why we got to show off and tell the numbers and the true story. It's an example of how people say that Hispanics don't vote. Well, the reality is we do vote, and this is an example of how we vote. You know, look at who won Gilberto Hinojosa. The other example is Rochelle Garza. Uh, she won statewide. The vote in the Democratic Party is 50% Mexican-American, 35% white, 10% black, and 5% Asian-American. So if we don't vote, how are we 50%? Yeah. Well, we don't vote. Because people say we don't vote, and it gets repeated. Right, and they and even the press start the, believing that. Yeah, and, and even the press repeats it. For example, I was uh, talking to a major commentator at the convention, and I asked him, "I already know the numbers. What are the numbers of the people that vote?" Well, it's not definitive. Como que no? They do tons of poll. Everybody, mm -hmm. mira, in this business of politics, everybody knows what's going on. Because you're not going to go invest and run for office unless you know what's going on. The numbers, yeah. the numbers are there. It's 50% Mexican-American, 35% white, 10%, you know, uh, I mean, 30, yeah, 10 African-American, 5% Asian. They don't even mention the Asians, yeah. but they're 5%. Wow. And they're growing and growing and growing. I'll give you another example of the number. If I was to ask you what the numbers are, but I'm not going to ask you, uh, of uh, the census increase. Now, the whole press says about how these people are coming from California and Chicago and Arizona because they want to come and work in Texas and their numbers Take are growing. Right. Yeah. Change Texas and yeah, do all this right. stuff. Horrible, now, but, you know. Watch this. So, the census increased by 4 million people from 2010 to 2020. 2 million Hispanics, 600,000 Asians. 500,000 African-Americans, 200,000 whites. Wow. The racial increase from 2010 to 2020 was 2 million Hispanics, 200 Anglos. Mm -hmm. It's a 10 to 1 ratio. But it looks like they're coming from yeah. California. 
And it's real simple to understand. And, and Consuelo, I know you've been a part of this in the last 10 years. Who is having babies? I know. How many grandbabies or th yeah. did you have? Hispanics usually. No, you. Um, uh, uh, me, I have. Between 10 and 2010 and 2020. Quantos do you? Probably four, <laughs> six. Uh, probably around 10 or 11 grand grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Yeah. yeah, see? So your, your grandkids. I just had a new one about four months ago or February in February. Congratulations. Yeah. See, your grandkids. And great grandkids aren't coming from California. No, they're coming. They're here. They're here. Yeah. They're here. But the image—they don't talk about your grandkids and your great grandkids. They talk about the people coming from California. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> okay, they're going to come and work and, and whatever, which is fine. But think about every single one of your eleven great grandkids. You look how much they contribute to the economy, and you say, well, they don't work. Well, the parents do. Yeah. And they got to eat. And the right. pampers, and going to the doctor, and checkups, and and entertainment, and the list goes on and on and right. on. So just like the Californios contribute, your grandkids contribute at a ratio of 10 to 1. But it comes back to the numbers as we're talking about politics. We have to be repetitive, and repetitive, and repetitive, until you keep, you know, it's part of your, your mentality. Mm -hmm. I do it all the time because I hear it all the time. Oh, que we don't vote. Que, que we're voting Republican. It's, we're 50% of the Democratic Party, folks. So, <laughs> and, and as far as the elected officials, the numbers are similar. Okay, okay, the Hispanic male voted so high because of Trump when Trump was running and that the Hispanic male was, you know, voting more. There's some that have voted for, and that it's not going to be like they're saying the margin so high, you know. Well, well think, so, uh, think about it this way. The Hispanic male. Well, the statistics and the polls and the results show 70% of the, of the Hispanics vote Democrat. Okay. On the other side... The, in the the vote is usually like fifty two forty eight or uh, between Democrats and Republicans. Of the forty eight, fifty percent are Hispanic, thirty five percent white, ten percent black, and five percent Asian. Of that, forty eight percent. On the other side, it's like ninety percent whites are voting for the Republicans. So what that leaves you, you know. Less yeah. than 50, less than 40, less than 30 for the Democrats. Right. So who's the ones that are voting Republican? It's not us. <laughs> no. It's the, you know, yeah, the Anglo-Americans. But people believe that. Well, right? because we don't say that they do. So, and, and that's part of the politics. If, if you want to see something believable, you repeat it. If it doesn't help you over here, well, you're not going to repeat it. I wouldn't. Yeah, look if, at the nightmare we had January 6th. Mm. And how it was repeated and repeated, and the big lie, and the this and that, mm -hmm. yeah. and people started believing it and donating to this mm -hmm. guy. And he was making millions off of a billions yeah. off of these people, and uh, for them to try to take our democracy. But that's where people need to make sure of what they're listening to. I don't know if they understand that these things being. Uh, uh, passed at the state level or whatever that they can actually get copies of these documents mm -hmm. and read what articles are in there and what they're trying to pass and, mm -hmm. and all of that instead of listening to 
uh, over here, Pancho saying this and that, like immigration, or that the Beto trying to take the guns, or you know, all of this. So they need to know what exactly is in the bill. There. Well, and, and and let me tell you, uh, the same thing with abortion. Mm -hmm. That bill is awful. It's mm -hmm. it's uh, people think oh, abortion is against here against God's. Uh, you know, against God, which it's, you know, because it's killing, right? But it's not just about the abortion bill there. It's about your privacy. Mm. And that's what they need to look at. How much are they going to let the government actually control their privacy? You know, mm. that, you know, they're going to well, want to know when they have, excuse me, what I'm going to say, when they're going to have a period, when they, they miss their, the last one and all of that stuff. Maybe everyone should send, send all the sanitary napkins to uh, Greg Abbott and let him know when everybody has their, their period in the state of Texas so they'll know that they're either pregnant or they're not pregnant because that's invasion of their privacy. Um. I'm not very familiar with all the details, but um, I, I, in the end, it's uh, talking about, like you mentioned, privacy. Uh, from my perspective, and people have different perspectives, uh, and it's also has to do with, from my perspective, that women should choose right. what they want to do instead of having men telling them what to do. For years, they uh, had men telling them for years and, and years. And I'll tell you, and, and I want to say this, uh, it's not just the law, it's the implementation of the law. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what I mean by that. So, because of the Supreme Court decision, the belief is that now everybody's going to get arrested right. because of that. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you right now, right now, it's not going to happen. And I'm going to tell you why. For you to get arrested... You have to be charged and prosecuted. Though, and prosecuted means you're taken to court. You're taken to court and found guilty. You know, uh, and punished. Remember, it's the law, but then there's the question of implementation of the law. Okay. So, who are going to be these implementators? Who is going to implement implement the law? In Dallas, it's John Crusoe. John Crusoe has already said he's not going to do it. So it's not going to happen in Dallas. In um, Houston? In, in, in Austin, it's a Democrat uh, district attorney. He said he's not going to do it. In Houston, Harris County, he said he's not going to do it. In San Antonio, he said he's not going to do it. In Corpus, he says he's not going to do it. In, in El Paso, similarly, the district attorney said, I believe she's not going to do it. So it's not just that it is, it's the implementation of it. So 70% of the state of Texas, I can tell you, is not going to do it. And let me tell you where that comes from. Uh, this year... There was a Court of Appeals decision. The Court of Appeals decision, all Republicans on an 8 to 1 make this decision. Let me tell you what it is. A couple of years ago, a sheriff was prosecuted on voting rights. 
And the district attorney of Beaumont, it was in Beaumont, said, I'm not going to prosecute. So Paxton went next door and got an indictment with the prosecutor next door. And the sheriff got convicted. The sheriff appealed and lost the appeal. So she got convicted again. Then it went to the Court of Criminal Appeals, which is the highest court in Texas. All Republicans on an 8-to-1 vote said this indictment is wrong. The only one that can prosecute in Beaumont is the Beaumont District Attorney. So this case is thrown out so on an 8-to-1 vote. Uh, going uh, against what his what he he can control over here but he always wants to go everywhere else if it's a political game well it's political and even though it's political if under the law he can do it he can do it this one he cannot mm-hmm. because the, the the constitution of texas says there's the legislature there's the executive like we know about democracy right. the legislature the executive in the courts, the district attorney is separate from the executive. Paxton is an executive. He cannot be part of the court system. So he couldn't get the conviction. It was thrown out. Similarly, similarly, like we're talking about abortion, all these district attorneys that are Democrat can decide not to prosecute. They're not going to do it. So it's about implementing the law. But here in this conversation... Is about sharing so people can know and the power that we have. And if you're listening to this, then you, all of you women, and that you want your rights heard and everything, go out and vote. And you better make sure you're voting in a Democrat to make sure that he protects your rights. Because well, that's exactly what you need. You need to have someone that's going to represent you and protect your rights. Go ahead. No, what I was going to say is we're here in Bedford, Tarrant County. The example that you're talking about, this is where it's going to happen. There's two candidates running here in Tarrant County in the fall, uh, a Republican and a Democrat. The, the Republican said, I am going to prosecute. The Democrat said, I am not going to prosecute. Her name is Tiffany Burks, Tiffany Burks, Tiffany Burke. So if you want implementation, you support for on, on this uh, abortion law, you support the Republican. If you don't want to be, if you do not want to have it implemented, you support Tiffany Burks. Now, the question becomes, is it possible for Tiffany Burks to get elected? The answer is yes. In the whole state, all the counties, the big counties, are Democrat. Beto won Tarrant County in 2018. Biden won uh, Tarrant County in uh, 2020. Beto's going to win Tarrant County again. But what we need to make sure is Tiffany Burks gets elected and Rochelle Garza, you know, wins this county as well. So, like you said, it's going to be determined. Remember the implementation? The implementation does not get done in Washington. The implementation gets done by the voters. Why? Depending on who you put in office will determine the implementation. And that's what voters here in uh, in our state, they don't realize the importance of them going out there and voting and knowing that their vote is counted. Every vote in Texas is counted. It doesn't matter if you have to go 20 miles. You make sure you get there on time before those polls close and make sure you're, you have your voice heard. 
because it's very important. So they need to go out and vote. Mm -hmm. You know, this November coming up especially. You know, they might implement these these laws, but someone else has to implement them in their mm -hmm. uh, courts. So that's what they need to hear, and that's, that's good news that you're telling us. So mm -hmm. they need to go out and make sure that their voices are heard. So, and that is on the, the abortion issue, mm -hmm. which is a very delicate issue right now. You know, nobody, mm -hmm. you know, and then these women have all these kids, y todo, y luego tú sabes como la verdad, y para qué tienen tantos hijos, y por qué esto, y por qué el otro, y están on food stamps, they're on food stamps, they're on welfare, they're on this. You know, tell me the percentages of people that actually use the welfare system and the uh, food, you know, the the food stamps. Well, I, let, I, let's look oh. at it, let's look at it another way. Let's talk about the money. Mm -hmm. If you were to add the money that's given uh, to people, the, in my opinion, that need the food stamps is like this much. If you look look at the corporations that get public benefits, is this much? Oh wow! Yeah. Why? And you know, and they and they started. and they both have a right to request support. Let me give you an example: a school district, a city, or a county can decide not to collect taxes if they believe they're going to invest in the city, county, and the school area. You're talking billions and billions. <laughs> it's like this big. And then we have our teachers paying how much? Yes. Yeah. It's well, this big. Corporations are. The, and it gets back to doing a comparator. If you don't talk about it, it's like, it does, and, and, and yeah, let's not talk about it. Let's talk over here. Uh -huh. But uh, I'll tell you one like of the things. That show was a, don't talk about Bruno. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, that uh, Disney show, I forget what it's called, but uh, mm -hmm. they have a little thing. Don't talk about Bruno. Well, Bruno is the actual, mm -hmm. hey, how much is corporates paying mm -hmm. and how much they're not? You know, mm -hmm. don't talk I, about I, it. I, I still remember your question. Uh, what I would say, it, it's not a lot. It's not a lot, but uh, but in the end, if it's needed, it's needed. Uh, and let me tell you, I'm not preaching. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. But it, it makes me think of what the Bible says. Give unto God what is God and Caesar what is Caesar. Caesar is the government. So God's job is to take care of us. Mm -hmm. Well, and who he has on earth is the government. So it's the job's government to make sure that the kids Are eat, uh -huh. that the, fit, the kids have health care. And uh, they have food, so that's my thought. And uh, and and let me tell you, uh, so everybody can understand. If people cheat or people commit a crime, whether it's over here with the corporations, mm -hmm. they should go to jail. And if you do it over here, you should too. Yeah. But if you're you're not, and the food is needed, I think we got to do it. Yeah, because the food is really. Uh, mm -hmm very important thing and you know we have a lot of kids that go go to bed hungry and everything and then um, you know school is starting again and uh, those are all things that should be taken care of that's why i feel so comfortable in having passed that law that deals with the, the food bank uh -huh. you know 600 million is a lot of money it's a lot of food yeah, that is some poor kids. Mm. And what do you think of the teachers getting a raise in the state of Texas? Do you uh, think why is it always that that Texas is always the lowest uh, on uh, giving teachers raises all the time? You know, 
Well, it's because, uh, like, uh, there's an article today in the morning news by a former state representative, Ron Simmons. He said that he's very supportive of teachers uh, and will support teachers. But one of the proposals he's pushing is the following. So right now, teachers get what's called defined benefits. It's a pension fund. You get a check every month. What he wants to do is do what is called defined contribution, which means instead of putting it in a fund, you put it out for bids, you know, you invest. If they make money, you get a check. But if they don't make money, like what happened in 2009, you can leave a pension with zero. I'm supportive over here. So here's a state representative, former, that says he's a poor teacher, but he wants to go over here. So it comes back to, like you're saying, if you vote, you determine the outcome. What's happening is people like Ron Simmons get elected, so whoever gets to Austin determines what's going to happen. But why would teachers want to invest in the market or whatever if they don't want to? They want to save their money for whenever they retire. No, no, I agree with you, but... Getting back to, it's not the teachers that are deciding, like you mentioned. It's no, the legislature the in legisl- Austin. Yeah, yeah. So but the teachers legis- should have a say in that. Well, and, that and is they by do, voting. and they do. Mm-hmm. And similarly, and I, you know, you make some great comments regarding. If you want to make sure that Ron Simmons' proposal doesn't happen, you got to make sure to vote. So, in answer to your question, the reason they don't get a paycheck, the reason you know uh, they don't get a, a, a once a year. Uh, another check it's because of the people that get elected Mm -hmm. that's why and and we have to i support it like i told you i was there when we put 7.5 billion in the teacher pension uh in fact when when uh, i've gone to their events they keep up with who are the you know major supporters and guess who has been one of the major supporters roberto alonso so the answer to your question we got to put people in office that are very supportive of of the and and one of the things that would always come up is that there's no money I can tell you, I'm there. There's always money. It's just who gets the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at what happened, for example, in the budget, mm-hmm. and uh, 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 Fort Worth ISD and Dallas ISD, now they get it. The, the minimum wage should be $15. Uh-huh. Right now. It should always be, but at least they got it. They also did a pay increase in both uh, uh, districts uh, for the teachers as well. Okay. And, and I look back, and it should be an ongoing review. Because there's all kinds of money that they have, but one of the concentrations should be for the teachers. You know, in 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 these all these years that I I hear that Democrats always want to do the giveaways, mm-hmm. all the freebies, all the giveaways, mm-hmm. all the this, all of that. Okay, Republicans no, they they don't want to give everything free and they don't want to do this. But then, what is it? They don't realize that these freebies that they so-called call freebies, mm. where we're getting increases for teachers or food for the kids or, mm. or uh, schools or anything like that, these freebies actually go and provide for these people here mm. that don't want the freebies, mm. that say that, oh, they're not for them. Mm. But yet, they uh, eventually, they use them. So mm. they benefit from it, too. Mm. So if we didn't help each other in this society, where would we be? You know, that's correct. And, that and, and, and that's part of what we, we got to talk. You know, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, we should be helping people. I, you know, we are, like I said, we are Caesar. We're the government. We're, we're how we're responsible for taking care of ourselves. But 
again, it has to do with um, who you put in office. And, and I can tell you this. I've been able to do a lot of uh, legislative policy, but it wasn't by Democrats alone. I had to work with Republicans to get it done. And what I've seen in my lifetime, in my work, we run for office, we campaign. That's elections. But then when elections are over, we got to sit down and, and do what's called governing. Running elections is one thing. Governing is another thing. When you're governing, you have to have that conversation. How are we going to do it? Over here, you can scream and yell at each other. And I've been through all that. And I won and lost, you know, elections. But I've also been, when I'm in office, in a policy manner, policy position, where I can talk to, you know, Republicans and get it done. I can tell you. Right now, we're in the election mode. We're, you know, yelling and screaming at each other. It, but there comes a point where the election is over, then we've got to put on our governing hat. Right. Are you willing to come back and visit? This has sure. really been great. It's really been a good visit. Yeah. And it's about giving, feeding the community the truth about items that they hear. They hear all these different stories and different things and it's about just telling them straight, hey, this is really what's happening, you know, and this is what's really going to happen if you don't go out and vote. And it's very important. Now, do you think that we do have a lot of percentage of illegals that actually go to the polls and vote? I know I've worked the polls and I've never seen this happen. Like well, that. it's kind of like the big lie. Yeah. It's the truth because it gets repeated. But think about what happened in the 2020 election. All the Republicans, including President Trump, said it was a lie. Well, it's a lie because it keeps repeating it. And all the you know results, all the votes, all the recounts, all the investigations shows that it was the not... the money that was, that was thrown away and all of that, that... Well, as a matter of fact, one of the com comments at the convention was that Paxton was using our Texas government money to go file lawsuits yeah. in other states that have nothing to do with us, which means he was wrongly using our taxes money. So and isn't that against the law? I'm not sure, but, but what I can tell you coming back to what you were mentioning, if you vote, you determine what happens. I think that's so beautiful what you said, Consuelo. Yeah. Thank you, and I hope you decide to come back on our show. No, no, I'd be more than glad to. Okay, we'll get a dialogue going here, and the truth that really happens, so you have to, you know, let them call it, call in mm. and everything and ask us questions and all that. It'd be awesome. I'd be more than glad to. especially preparing for this election that we really need to have our voices heard because things have to change. We cannot go back in time. We cannot go to the Jim Crow era and all of this pushing the needle backwards instead of it going forwards. And our kids carrying weapons at 16, 17, and 18, and you know, that is so devastating. I think they changed the, they finally changed it to 21. I'm not for sure if it's all the state of Texas, but it needs to be 21. You know, they, and um, so we'll be here next Monday at mm -hmm. 11 a.m. And hopefully you'll join us again. Roberto, do you think you'll be here next Monday? We want uh, a commitment. <laughs> well, let, let me look at my busy schedule. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. like today I had court at 10 o'clock in Kaufman. So 
I got my client to go early so I could have time to get here. That's so awesome. it depends on my busy schedule. But we'd like to say thank you. It was no, really welcome. pleasant and everything. It was good to see you again. But hopefully you'll be uh, able to do it again for us. And, yes. Okay. So thank you. Is there anything else you want to tell our community? No. I just want you, everybody, to keep uh, the thought of the Ovalde kids in mind. Oh, I mean, there was yes. more that happened this weekend. And uh and, it, and I visited Uvalde a couple of weeks ago. Uh, my wife and I went to a funeral service in Crystal City, which is 38 miles away. We stopped there at both the square and Bob Elementary. And it's amazing. The school is in the middle of the Chicano neighborhood. Mm -hmm. It's like a neighborhood. And then like some of the uh, Oak Cliff uh, schools, it's right in the middle. Uh, and and it, what I told some of the leadership, it's, there's a group called and. You know, one time you'll probably have her. Uh, there, there's a big group. It's called the Fierce Madres. That's uh -huh. been very active in this. They put together a march last week uh, about this, and uh, and I told them this is you, but it's also us. Yes. Our our kids, your grandkids, are wondering what's going on. So yes. just remember, we're for you, and you know that you're for us. So, and God bless all of you, and don't forget, remember always vote, vote, vote. Get out yes. and go do it because you're the one who changes. And God bless everyone. Thanks. I took my love, took it down. I climbed a mountain and I turned around. And I saw reflection in snow-covered hills to the landslide.